Hey, what's going on, ass licks? Dr. Drill with the Making Motivation Podcast. Today is the 23rd, man. Today's the 23rd of February in the year 2022. As I crawl out of uh, Lansdale, Pennsylvania. That's where I work. I spend a good part of my life in this little town. You know, I'm not like a big frequenter of downtown, but I see a lot of positive changes here. Some nice eateries, a nice brewery that I just went and picked up a four-pack. Well-crafted, very nice place, nice and spacious, really good brews. Full crowd in there tonight. kind of like getting refurbed, you know, they got some new apartment buildings in town, it's impressive, they're gentrifying, they're bringing in, I can feel it in my patient base, there's some folks who are, you know, new movers who come to the area because it's equidistant between their work and where their life is, and they like it, and with those new movers, you got changes in town, and many of them very positive. You know, people, um, I'm sure that there are folks that you'll run across that don't like the changes that they see in town. Any town. It's interesting to me. For instance, um, I'm from a little town called Forked River, New Jersey. This quaint little seaside town which is basically right on the Barnegat Bay stones throw from Long Beach Island and Seaside Heights and Point Pleasant, Belmar the shore points you know, everybody wants to go there everybody from the tri-state area anywhere, vacations there, has made memories there in these little seaside towns And growing up it was a great place to grow up man told you before, perhaps. It's a little pine barren town. These little scrub pines, you know, pine trees that only get maybe 20, 30 feet high. Some scrub oaks, little half-size oaks. You know, it's the soil isn't great. It's uh, sand and pine trees. Pine trees thrive there, though. Might be a little bit smaller, but it's an interesting place. Right on the coast there, right at the, what I would term the waste of New Jersey, right on, like, the middle of it, as it narrows, you know, east to west, it's right, directly east, pretty much, from where I live now in Montgomery County, PA, so it was a great place to grow up, and all, there were many vacant lots, you know, tree, endless, you know, the Pine Barrens, uh, has a preserve out there, however many thousand acres, hundred thousand acres, that are preserved land that can never be built on. You got a lot of wetlands, um, bird estuaries, shellfish, um, sedges. It's, it's a rich ecosystem. 
remember you talking about it, a, um, a book that I read, you know, the Pine Barrens, a uh, bunch of Pine Barrens books that I read about local culture and the history of the Pine Barrens. One was called An Inland Sea. The Inland Sea or whatever. I think it was a great... A great description, but that's the nomenclature that the scientist regarded it as. Because it's this rich ecosystem that's protected by a barrier island. Something out of a movie, you know, like you see in the Caribbean where there's a barrier island that protects a very beautiful cove, you know, vast cove of water where all the fish come to raise their young and, you know, you just fucking perfectly see-through aqua appearance of that water. Well, Eastern Seaboard's not known for that that look, but it was a fucking great place to grow up, man. Me and my kids, me and my kids, my buddies would go out there and build forts and freaking chase each other around and go out in the woods and start bonfires as I grew up and we'd drink beer and tell stories and had our first, made out with our first loves and beat each other up and had all kinds of fun, man. It was a great place to grow up. So, uh, my point is, you know, I, I saw a friend of mine who was complaining about the changes in town. She still lives there, and it's like love hate with the with the town. But often saying, "I'm gonna for sale." Can you say for sale? I'm gonna move out. I don't know. It's almost as if she's saying, and many people are. Voicing the same concern. The changes are so drastic in town. A lot of people moving in from, you know, the cities. And they want a taste of this life. I mean, it's been happening for decades, man. Frickin' a century, probably. You know? in nineteen twenty-two. There were people that just couldn't wait to go out in the Pine Barrens, get away from the cities, and maybe settle for a simpler life. And they fished, and they sold their goods and services, and these little shore point towns grew, and more people would come and visit them, of course, in the summertime, and be like, fuck it, man, I'm going to start living out here. You see that town, Tom's River, that's growing, you know, we got a lot of... You know, a lot of people moving in there, community sprouting up. We could make some money there. Yeah, I could, you know, we could, they need restaurants. They need hardware stores. They need this, that, and the other thing. So now it's 100 years later, <clears throat> and the cities are, you know, they're merging right into it. It's like if at one point in time they were a day's drive, you know, heading from Philadelphia or New York City down to the shore for a nice, you know, beach vacation, a weekend-long weekend or a week at the beach. It was like your happy place. Well, now, transportation and crowding, development, this city, the real estate, the development, that moved from the outskirts of New York City and Philly 
straight into suburbia. So there's been a significant change. More people, less resources, <clears throat> crowding, and you don't recognize anybody. There's nobody who's a local anymore, you know? And so my friend is saying that, you know, she's at the, the lake walking her dog, and this person was, you know, trying to engage with her, and she didn't want to have anything to do with it. And then the person was taking a picture of her, and, and she thought it was of her, and the person was being rude. And it turned, the woman said, the person said, I was taking a picture of your dog. And she said, well, you could have asked. And it was just this, this exchange. I feel like probably colored by the reality that the changes have taken place, and she's people don't sit well with the changes in town. It doesn't jive with what in your mind is this little peaceful town that you grew up in. I think everybody's got a story like this. You know? This town's becoming a dump. This town's going downhill, they'll say. This area is a shithole. Too many people now. Traffic on Route 9 is this and the other thing. Garden State Parkway is terrible. Taxes in New Jersey. You know, there's always something to complain about. And I'm sure sure many of these things are valid. <clears throat> in all likelihood, if I never left, if I can't get out of the Marine Corps and I made my life in Jersey, yeah. got a little loogie there, I'm sorry. I probably would feel the same way, you know? It just it, it's interesting to me how like our my our psyche, our experiences, our memories, you know, we made, you know, and and collectively, individually, we've got our own memories of growing up and it doesn't always jive with reality, it's just our point of view. It's how we remember things, how the pictures that we took over the years. <clears throat> and then we have, hey, remember when? those memories, those snapshots that are collective and then people tell the story time and again and it just kind of becomes a legend. Hey, remember when this, you know, remember we'd sit at the lakes? We had three man-made lakes, actually four in and around the town. We had Lake Barnegat, uh, we had Deerhead Lake, we had the Mill Pond, which is the third lake, so first, second, and third lakes. I'm down to third lake. I'm out to second lake today. They're having uh, whatever, you know. They put a dock in. We're playing chicken over there in the water, you know. We had a muck fight. We went fishing down to third lake. Then there's Bamber Lake. That was out in the Pine Barren. That's still pretty rural. And again, surrounded by protected lands, but we had fucking lakes. And that sandy soil, there were little deposits of clay in it. You dug in, you find something a little malleable, and you could pull that out, and you could <clears throat> form that clay into something. You'd find that everywhere. And when the cedar water when the, uh, from the lakes would spill over, you know, through the dams, there would be a foam that would be created. And I believe it was an organic substance. I mean, somebody could always point the finger about pollution or something, but... I think it was an organic, you know, byproduct of churning of water and the smell of that cedar water. I told you, 
and throughout my podcasting that if I ever talked about Jersey, that I love the smell of a cedar swamp or a cedar creek. In fact, there is a place called the Cedar Creek we used to kayak and canoe and swim in. It's fucking unbelievable. Anybody who's been in its waters will remember it fondly. Um, it was paradise. Pineland's paradise. Just like this area, you know, beautiful in its own way. Montgomery County, Pennsylvania. It's got some nice lakes and creeks and a lot of farmland and such, historically. But it's a good place to live and to raise your family. A lot of people you know, live and work in Philly or whatever. They settled out here. <clears throat> These towns grew, and I'm sure there's a lot of people that don't like the way they grew. You know, I was I was sitting yesterday, I had a doctor's appointment, so I'm sitting in the waiting room and there was this Mennonite woman, little old lady with a bonnet on her head, and this other guy came out, kinda of like a middle aged man, and they were talking and they I guess they were second or third cousins. I don't even know what that means. But they were related somehow, as a lot of people around this area are related. The Mennonite communities uh, Pennsylvania Dutch, you know, they are, they all have names like Souter and Landis and Berge and um, and so she, they were related, but they couldn't remember who married who. She's like, oh yeah, well, did you marry a Berge? Uh, no, that was my brother. He married a Berge. I married a Landis. And so they're talking about, almost in like foreign tongues, about this area and how it was and who married who and and all the changes, and the little, she was the cutest little old lady, and then she kind of snickered like a witch, she's like, <laughs> yeah, oh my goodness, you never believe it, I saw that, like right in the middle of her talking about this, all their lineage, she's like, haha, you, you wouldn't, you wouldn't believe, I, I just saw somebody come in, and they had a sign in, and they had their mask all up, and they were, you could tell they were terrified about being out in public, you know, she's talking about the virus, talking about the fucking COVID cooties. And she said something again about that a few minutes later. Oh, yeah. Uh, I can't believe everybody's scared of this. Can you believe it? I went into such and such as re uh, restaurant or store, and I said, joking with them, because, you know, we're related. I grew up on that on that farm. Uh, we're, we're related. And uh, I said, hey, where's your mask? And he said, I don't have any. And I laughed and laughed because... What? Because you think that this is a bunch of bullshit? Why is that? I would love to know why that is. Is it that because you haven't lost anybody in your community? Nobody that you know? Or you just think that we're going to give it to God? I think that there's a lot of that stupidity out there. You feel that way until you lose somebody. From a virus that uh, you know most people might shrug off. But not everybody. We talked about that, didn't we? Not fucking everybody. If you don't know, I'm going I'm to declare that if you don't know somebody who suffered significantly or died from coronavirus, then you probably don't know too many people. I got a good sphere. My daughter says I know 50,000 people. 
I don't know about that. And I'm certainly no social butterfly, but I have some connections. I know some people who suffered and died from the coronavirus, who lost their mental faculties through the coronavirus, who were fucking intubated for two months in the local hospital after they thought this is a bunch of bullshit, and they fucking, they're dead. So listen to you little Mennonite fucking witch. You know, we look at people, that's that's what, what it dawned on me, dawned on me when I'm overhearing this. I usually mind my own business, but couldn't help but notice that this one sweet little Mennonite God-fearing woman, <clears throat> naive of me perhaps to, to think that uh, you know, she would be have more humility or more wisdom or more less judgment um, coming from somebody who wearing a fucking bonnet on her head. I have no problem with people of any religion, okay? I'm not mean to generalize, but this is my assumption that here you are, you're here getting, seeing a doctor for a reason, you're old and gray, you got a fucking bonnet on your head, you're talking about all the people that you know and you know how they know each other and who married who. You could very well have lost somebody within your family unless there was a you know, some sort of Mennonite shield or something that, for whatever reason, these people were unscathed. Maybe they don't go out among other people as much. I don't know. In a similar way, like the Amish, I don't think the Amish get vaccines either. But I would love to know the toll that uh, that this has had on various groups. You know, how did it affect the Amish? To what degree did they, um, were they susceptible to the coronavirus. I hope they're all okay. hope not a one of them suffered or died, but this fucking old witch cackling, <laughs> I can't believe how scared she was of this. Alright. Just go fucking see the doctor, bitch. Go ahead and, uh, you know, get by without modern medicine. You'd be shit out of luck. You can wish in one hand and shit in the other see which one fills up first. You understand me, you hag? So, hey, look, I'll tell you, I could be completely wrong about that entire conversation. <laughs> I don't fucking know, but I heard her say some shit like that. Judgment. Let he who fucking... Let he who hath understanding reckon the number of the beast. For it is a human number. The number is 666. That's it. Iron Maiden. All right, so 23rd of friggin' February... It's been a pretty good day. Kicked ass and took names. I hope you didn't... You know, I mean, it wasn't without its flaws. I heard about there was a terrible guy actually fell 25 stories down in Philadelphia. He, he fell from a building 25 stories up. It was a nightclub. It was a good thing he was the bouncer. <laughs> hey, listen. I'll tell you one thing I've noticed... There's a lot of people talking about overcrowding, overpopulation, and changes that people um, are having difficulty accepting. This population is really growing around here, even. You know, there's 7 billion people in the world right now. Ass face. Take your fucking eye beams off, you goddamn fool. So, um, 7 billion people now, maybe 10 billion or more. 
within 10, 20 years. A lot of people. You know, one place that's really growing, I read, is Ireland. You know why? Because they're fucking Dublin over there, for fuck's sake. They're fucking Dublin. Get it? Dublin, Ireland. A couple jokes that I had today. Told about a million times. I like to add my little twisted jokes, you understand? So, in closing, communities grow, communities change. Doesn't jive with our, I mean, it's, it's obvious, it's a very real thing. Population growth and not enough resources to enjoy yourself. There's more people on your beach now. There's more people in your in your community now. More traffic, you know. Longer lines at the store, the gas pump. More competition for jobs, for everything. You know, it's it's definitely it's a mathematical conundrum that humans find themselves in. And here we are doing stupid shit over there in Russia, Ukraine. These fuckers are still at it. Putin's fucking doing up to his evil shit. You know, it could be, could very well be the beginnings of World War Three. It's gonna, it's gonna tweak our gas prices. You know, there's gonna be there's a scare about energy because Russia produces fuel and big oil producer, and they got a fucking pipeline, and Germany's not gonna let it go through their country now, and Jesus Christ, everybody just fucking live and let live, but it's difficult when you're talking about resources and space and and all that, but my friend from New Jersey there, she, I told her, joking, I said, you know, we need to, because about this woman who took a picture of her, and she doesn't like her, I said, keep complaining to everybody about it and of course all these other uh, people I know that we grew up with, went to school with they're all like, yeah, this town has changed a lot of people moving in from the city and I would sell if I were you it's getting pretty bad around here I agree everybody kind of like dogpiled on the rabbit maybe they're right, but I said jokingly, I said, we need to call this bitch up and challenge her to a fight at Devil's Ditch Devil's Ditch was this this plot of woods and there was a ditch there was like a big a deep kind of like excavated area that had not been developed and had been <clears throat> left to to grow over so there was um you know there were we, we had made it into a BMX track who was this somebody crumbling up Climbing up on my ass here. Get the fuck out of here. Pulling in. Christ, rugby guys. Hold on a second. Okay, the rugby guys just pulled in behind me. That's good. So, that's it for the night, my friends. The uh, So, in closing, <clears throat> this place Devil's Ditch was the spot right across Lacey Road from Devil's Ditch was 7-Eleven and you go in there there's a wonderful Filipino family that owned it and they were they went to school with us and they're good people good friends 
as their franchise, and they ran that. And we would go in there and buy big league chew and chew for again gum and cigarettes eventually, and hang out there. Everybody, everybody rode their bikes there and hung out. And you go to Devil's Ditch. Let's say you wanted to, you had a beef with somebody. Well, first of all, if you went around Devil's Ditch, you could very easily wind up getting jumped. Or if you were going to, if you had an enemy, got into a scuffle at school or some or a disagreement, you would uh, meet at Devil's Ditch at whatever time and, you know, fight it out. And you'd have BMX, BMX bikes, so you'd, there was uh, like a plateau from which you could drive, you could ride down into Devil's Ditch and you could, there were these BMX tracks, like jumps and stuff that we would go over and there was all kinds of berms and jumps and and then you you come out the other side you come back up to the plateau you come down for maybe 30 40 feet you know on your BMX bike <clears throat> as you went through there it was like a it was like a place that you always would um, place where the kids could go and <clears throat> hang out ride their bikes, fight, smoke cigarettes, drink beer, whatever. All kinds of things went on in Devil's Ditch. So I said to my friend that maybe she should, jokingly, she should challenge this woman to a fight at Devil's Ditch. And uh, I don't even think it's there anymore. It's been bulldozed over and made into a condominium or something like that. But So there's the way things were, and there's our memory of things, and... You know, nothing's going to be, you, you got to understand that things change and it's, it's terrible in a way, but it's also just the way things are. So shut the fuck up and just be nice to the person who's taking a picture of you and your dog or beat their ass, whatever you want to do. But, um, I think that as much as we might be tempted to harshly judge the town, you know, the, the changes, I think that it just is what it is, and we either adapt or die, you know? So, anyway, love and respect.